Tonight on Cinemascope, Bruce Willis. Is he the lovable action movie cop or a miserable egocentric jerk? Find out now. Uh, welcome, one and all, to, uh, to Cinemascope, the first ever, uh, but far from the last episode of Cinemascoped, uh, where we're going to talk, we're going we're gonna to take a look at a couple movies that we've heard some stuff about, you know, some good things, some bad things, and we're going we're gonna to see if the rumors can be believed. And uh, I love it. It's what we got to do. I am uh, Tyler, a.k.a. Detective Brock Rocket, a.k.a. Detroit Brock City, and uh, I'm joined today and all the times uh, with, my, with my good friend Aaron, a.k.a. Uh, Squandered Octopus, a.k.a. Squandy. How's it going, man? Going How's great. Going? You know, you pitched this show to me a while ago, and I could not be more excited to be asked to be a part of it. And uh, concept alone, I'm in. And throw in you and your production and and look at look at what you did look at this magical thing that happened it's, this is amazing it's not bad it's not bad we have been it's we've great. been talking about this for like an embarrassingly long time kind of I think yeah. I was looking at it and I think the original idea was pitched in like November or something like that I think and, so uh, yeah. And yeah we finally we're finally doing it you know fuck yeah dude and now we're 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 doing it we're running um. Hell yeah. So yeah, uh, how, how you doing? How do you, how do you start these things since we've we've I, already been I, talking for like twenty minutes at this yeah, point? It, uh, we'll have to get probably a little, you know, less green to get these uh, transitions down. But uh, I think we just get right into it. You know, we we're pitching around ideas of what we wanted the episodes to be and stru- and what the structure would be. And and uh, the first one that's really stuck was. Uh, how bad Cop Out was and how iconic Die Hard is. So we decided to make this episode, as you can see from the title, Bruce Willis. And uh, we're going to talk about Die Hard and Cop Out. Um, So if you've watched it already, then great. You're going to be able to chat along with us. If you haven't, then there's going to be a lot to discuss. And I think we just dive right into Die Hard. Yeah, I'm into it. Let's... uh... Let's go with the uh, the good in this good, bad, and ugly scenario. Good. Let's go. Die Hard. Uh, so yeah, Die Hard. That's I feel like of the two mm-hmm. movies, this is the one that I would say I'm confident most people have probably seen. Yeah, you know this is iconic. I I will say uh, a bit embarrassingly, I had not. I don't think I had seen. Well, no, I know for a fact now having just watched it. I had not seen this in its entirety like until 3 days ago. That was my question is if you hadn't seen it at all or if you hadn't seen it since. So how much have you had you seen previously? So when we first when you first pitched it and we were talking about it, I thought I had seen probably like at least 60-70% just cuz from being like on, okay. you know, TNT like just catching yeah. it little, you know, little bits here and there. And there's so many, like, obviously there's all these like iconic, you know, him in the, the vent, you know, with the lighter and like all of those things. Yeah. That's just like, you can't miss. Mm-hmm. Um, but while I was watching it, like one of my very early notes while I was watching it is like, I have not seen way more of this movie than I thought. Like, I'm pretty sure I had only seen like the iconic bits. And then from there okay. I was like, yeah, I've seen the movie. But filled like, it in yeah you fill it in yeah they were yeah. I, there were surprises 
there were I have mm-hmm. some notes where like, is this a bad guy? And then like very soon after it's like, oh no, that wasn't a bad guy. Like it's <laughs> it's rough. Okay. But uh Um I so I yeah, I'm super interested to hear it from your point of view first because I have seen it multiple times. I've seen I so I started with Die Hard three on VHS. My parents had it, I popped it in, Samuel Jackson cool let's do this and and jeremy irons is a bad guy you know and and you do get a little snippet of die hard one in it of hans gruber falling you know because in three jeremy irons is his brother who's getting revenge and i was like huh that would be interesting it never occurred to me because it's not called die hard three it's called die hard with a vengeance i thought it was its own movie i didn't know there were other diehards so i was like Okay, weird. Years later, I finally seen it. And uh, so I'm very familiar with Die Hard. So I'm really curious, like, what you think from the get go uh, of this movie. Yeah, I, uh, I tell you, it was. I do have to say, because like, I'm used to watching movies, especially from like the 80s and stuff that like, everybody's like, oh, it's a classic, you know, oh, it's great. But I didn't. There's only a handful like, you know, movies like Rocky and stuff that my dad absolutely loved. Those were like the only ones I saw growing up as far as like the old classics, you know? So mm-hmm. half the time, you know, uh, watching like the first time I saw the original Top Gun, mm-hmm. you know, it's Top Gun. And like, I basically knew the movie by this point, but like, oh, it's a, it's one of these great movies. And it's like, you know, fine. Like it's fun, yeah. I guess, but like, whatever. Yeah. I was surprised. I, very much thought this was a really good I get it like I get why people talk about it all the time like yeah uh, it's I, I especially because I'm not a particularly big on Bruce Willis or mm-hmm. like and also growing up to where my experience with Bruce Willis is mostly from like I don't know what like 06 forward like he was yeah. kind of like starting to phone it in by that point like I think the only good mm-hmm. like Bruce Willis movie I know of is Pulp Fiction Mm-hmm. and yeah, like yeah. he's like really good in this like he's yeah he's like a really good actor it turns out like yeah well okay so i i'll only challenge that in that he's not he, it's not like he has to deliver uh you know a, a, a moving monologue right like he he's very good at being bruce willis in movies okay yeah right? So like I wouldn't put him up there with like uh you know uh Heath Ledger or something you know like a thespian maybe not but yeah. being the being a guy in a tense situation who's under a table who's got to shoot a guy you know in a tank top like he sells that like a motherfucker oh yeah he really does he is he's great at being that like um. I mean, I mean, not even, I was going to say every man, but it's not even really every man. He's good at being that specific, like, you know, New York cop, like, yeah, I'm just a guy trying to do good sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like with that, totally with that attitude. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. So I got a video audio, audio, auto playing and it's distracting me. Um, oh boy. yeah, I don't, I'm trying to think of a good place to start. Uh, I like just to get just to get the ball rolling, but 
the very first scene of him on the plane gripping the thing is a is a really good uh character builder that you don't really see a lot in movies like a lot of times you have to get a few lines of dialogue with people and maybe like 20 minutes in you kind of understand who this character is but like opening shot guy gripping the thing and then seeing bruce willis and you know you know he's the main character it's like oh this guy's already like i get he's a cop like like the cover right two burning buildings i know this is a big action movie it's got bruce willis in it but he's scared of flying in planes like oh he's got a little humanity so it's like great right off the bat in that sense yeah it i did like i noticed because like yeah the whole like opening on him gripping the the freaking armrest which already yeah. you know it's it's great because it you know it shows you that he's nervous flying and like he's got the rings mm-hmm. so like is he married like yeah. he, i guess he's married and and then mm-hmm. i did like though how he goes from being just like terrified of flying next to a dude who's like oh, i do this all the time and like mm-hmm. he gives that whole take your shoes off bit which actually that's that's something that feeds into something else i want to talk about at some point but um okay but then like when he goes to get the the stuff out of his carry-on and he's got a gun it's like yeah it's like the movie goes, this guy's a badass without being like, look at this badass. Like it's still, it, exactly. it like strikes a really cool balance. I thought it was dope. Hum- a human balance. Yeah. Like, okay, this is a real guy. This isn't Jason Statham in the transporter, obviously, which is years later, but like where action movies nowadays are very like, this guy is infallible. You know, this yeah. guy is my action hero where, John McClane really is like a, a human character, at least in these ones, like Die Hard does eventually the series like follow that infallible action hero trope because there's like seven of them now and they're lesser in quality each time. Yeah, I did. But. That was one thing that was interesting. It was interesting watching this movie again, having not seen most of it and never like the whole mm-hmm. time uh, after hearing people talk about it, because this is a movie that's been talked about like we're not it's it's almost impossible for us to like cover any new ground here because like it's been talked about so much but uh hearing people talk about especially like the everyman element of it and then actually seeing what they're referring to Mm -hmm. was really i don't it's it was one of those that seems at least from my perspective like it didn't require those like you know uh nostalgic glasses to like agree Mm -hmm. with you know yeah Definitely. And it, uh, which I go ahead. Yeah. I just, I just thought it was, I thought it was super interesting. Uh, just as far as it has a lot to, yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with John McTiernan, the director, because he did one and three and none of the other ones. And he has a really good visual style for these types of movies of like down to earth, high action movies where like the the action is directed really well like your your eyes are never going to each corner of the screen you know it's very easy to follow when you know he's fighting someone and swing it you know you know tying a guy up in a chain and throwing him up against a wall it's always very exciting and then it'll cut to somebody like slowly walking through a hallway you know like you know is this guy going to get caught what and so it's like the pacing is very, is is really well done so the nostalgic glasses that you need sometimes to watch those, to watch those old kind of movies that people talk about. You don't really need that one, this one, because it's pretty, pretty carefully crafted. Yeah, that is the, I think that's the, my biggest takeaway as far as 
like understanding why this movie is such a, you know, like, you know, one of those classics that everybody talks about is just how well made it is. Like Mm -hmm. the direction, first of all, I don't know. I've been trying to going back when I was looking through my notes, I was trying to find like a great specific thing to illustrate my point. But like, I just, Mm -hmm. the, the just general direction and like shot composition was Mm -hmm. super interesting. And I felt like way more interesting than was necessary. I totally you know? agree. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a lot, there's all these like super interesting. Like I remember uh, when he's getting out of the, the limo uh, mm-hmm. when they first like, you know, show up to, to the tower and there's mm-hmm. like a shot. It's, it's like a, uh, a really like low angle shot or high angle shot rather, which is clearly, you know, I mean, fundamentally it's because he's standing and you got to get Argyle like all leaning for, you know, leaning over in the, and you know, they're, they're different yeah. heights. But, like, it looks, the way the shot was put together looked super neat, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, like, really angly, like, very interesting angled shots just throughout it. Agreed. Uh, Yeah. It's it's really well put together and edited, too. Like, there's a really good scene where Bruce or, or... whatever John McClane is fighting somebody and and it's a close up on them or like his hands around somebody's neck or, or, or something. And then it jump cuts to one of the villain, like henchman guys, his hands close up on like a bomb that he's doing. And then it zooms back out, you know, and it was like really, it flows really well. Like, Oh, okay. You know, and you know, it's stuff that you don't normally pick up on unless you're like watching it for something like this, where we're going to analyze it, you know, in a filmmaking sense, but yeah, that stuff goes unnoticed, but it really helps in pacing and flow and understanding. And a lot of directors don't do that. Like a lot of them don't think to do that. That, I feel like too, there was a lot of, there was a lot of like camera moves, like pans and stuff that were Mm -hmm. similarly, like really well timed and Mm -hmm. like poignant and what it was, do it like uh the uh when Hans finally gets a hold of the like he's talking to the police chief I think for the first time on the little radio mm-hmm. like right after he shoots that other guy that I, I want to talk about at some point um okay. but while he's talking to him it's just like a really like kind of classic oh look at this bad guy sort of like you know pan going around him and then just yeah yeah, yeah. at like a perfect timing in his convert you know when he's like really trying to like bear down on his like no i'm a sinister bad guy kind of thing it just like mm-hmm. casually passes by the back of the dude's head and like it's all like out of focus and shit but you can still see where there's like a where he's clearly like oh, shot and killed yes. this guy and like mm-hmm. there's a lot of little things like that that i noticed yeah. that i was i was like surprised by it, it's it almost yeah cuz which i guess to be fair a lot of it is because in my mind, like this is die hard. Like I feel like people are going to watch die hard anyway, but I guess at the time, like it does have to be a good move. Like nobody die hard. Wasn't a thing. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's just, it's interesting to, uh, it's interesting to, to watch it all get like earned. Yes. I, guess. I, I think you put it really well where earlier when you said like, it didn't have to be this good because it's diehard and like everybody likes it. Yeah. So you're going to watch it anyways. And I think the, 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 the headspace that a lot of people have about 
Die Hard nowadays is that it's a big, dumb Bruce Willis action movie with guns and fire and bombs. Yeah. And but like you can really pick this part of movie or pick this movie apart from a like a cinematography editing like like we've been illustrating. And it actually holds up as a good movie in its own right. Yeah, it is. It's just like a quality. Like well directed. There was also the the did he who wrote this? Um Gips. I don't know who did the screenplay, but it is based on a novel, which I thought was interesting. Okay. Uh dude who wrote this also wrote The Fugitive. That's a movie I haven't seen, but that's that's a popular movie, right? Yeah, Uh, we might have to do that on one of these episodes. Yeah, I'm into it. I've not seen a lot of Harrison Ford movies. It's it's kind of a shame. Okay. But Okay. But yeah, the I the other thing, like to compliment, I guess complimenting the the direction is like the writing of this movie, like just structurally, this was such a tighter movie than I expected it to be. Like everything built yeah. so well onto each other, you know? Yeah. It it really like it really followed the three act structure like almost perfectly. And the tension it just perfectly follows that that arc right like you can feel everything every every minute you feel it getting a little more tense a little more somebody's at stake something new is happening and it's yeah yeah it's great yeah and there's so much to like nothing no like like little detail or just like choice in the in like you know the 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 narrative or whatever goes to waste Mm -hmm in a way that I think mm-hmm. like, I feel like it's probably more like classic filmmaking, you know, that, cause that was, mm-hmm. that's like an important rule to filmmaking, but it, it's something that you don't see. We're, we're too cool with like, you know, one-off gags that I feel like you don't see movies as tight anymore. Yep. But like everything Agreed. from like, I guess the, the easiest example is the, you know, he's nervous on the plane. And so he talks to that guy who's like, yeah, I fly all the time. Here's the trick you know, take your shoes off or whatever. Fist with your feet, fist with your toes, which then 20 minutes later he does. And then, and now he's like barefoot the whole time. And that ends up being a very, exactly. not only is it like an iconic element, like it's one of the first things, uh, when we really got into this, it, uh, Diggle said in the chat, the man had Mm. no shoes. Talk about a stressful situation. Like, cause the whole time watching the, like of all the movies that you could have no shoes, on while you're living it like this was unfor- like the whole time it just added every time he's like running for something and it, and they have the like slap of his feet on like <laughs> on just do. like the concrete like but i could just imagine these fold these guys in the foley room doing the audio just like slapping just chicken like, against yeah. wet boards you know <laughs> and like and then so that's the whole thing and then obviously you know the glass bit like that's kind of iconic mm-hmm. you know but even yeah. too, when he has the conversation with uh, the officer whose name I keep forgetting, uh, Sergeant Powell. Al? Uh, yeah, Al. Al Powell. Uh, old Al Powell. That's a hell of a name. <laughs> yeah, I never realized it was Al Powell. Right. Uh, but yeah, when he's like talking to him after, like, you know, they they shoot out all the glass, which is also just like a really smart move on, and yeah. and like that's only because freaking Hans met him like on accident earlier and noticed that he wasn't mm-hmm. wearing any shoes. And so that translates into being like, Oh, let's, I don't know. The whole thing is just really well, like orchestrated, but then like, so he's bleeding and he drags himself bleeding into the bathroom and he's pulling like glass out of his feet, which also I knew he was going to bleed. Cause I knew he was going to step in glass, but he's like bleeding mm-hmm. like a son of a bitch. 
He is bleeding so damn much. I was like, yeah, they did not hold back. Yeah, it was it was it was rough. But like while he's sitting there pulling glass out of his feet, just like making conversation to like distract him, his like getting to know you conversation with Al, he references feet twice. Like when he That's first really, brings it up, that. he's like, are you flat footed? Because he's he's trying to figure out how oh, yeah. this guy that's clearly like had a beat ended up on the desk. And the guy was like, oh, no, yeah. no, no. You know, I had an accident. And ap- after that, he was like, do you run over your captain's foot? Like he's clearly got feet on the brain because he's pulling glass Definitely. out of his feet. Oh, that's so good. And like it's such an unnecessary like thing to keep on, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And especially like Argyle too, like the the young kind of like, you know, late eighties, early nineties, hip hop guy who he's never driven a limo before who used to be a tank. You know, okay. He was cute. Their, their interaction was nice, but then for him to come into use at the end Mm -hmm. and punch the guy, you know, and take him out and like be useful is like, okay. So not, nothing is brought up to ever for, for no reason. Something is brought up and it will be useful somehow. Yeah. And I, di- I I will say the only time I didn't I appreciate it because of you know it was well done, but the uh, also going off of the conversation where he's pulling glass out of his feet, seem kind of out of nowhere. Al's like, "No, nah, I shot a kid," and like that almost seemed needlessly rough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was like, "Oh yeah. Jesus Christ, Al!" Like, uh, yeah, you know. And then yeah. sure, you know, it comes around, and when he saves his life at the end. Now he's he's Full got the confidence to yeah. you know so like I get it but that was the one time where I was like I don't need I don't need yeah this, you what know? is this like, for yeah yeah it's just like yeah I just shot a thirteen year old kid and then like it it almost never unless you're thinking about it in this way it never comes back mm-hmm. up he just happens no, to save that, his definitely life not. at the end like yeah 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 I I mean. I think to John McTiernan's credit, he tries to make a bigger deal out of it than, than a normal scene, right? Like where the, the camera, after he shoots the guy, the camera is right down the barrel of the gun and it kind of like goes sideways. You can see Al's facial expression. And and Mm -hmm. that's when it clicks for you of like, Oh, right. He wasn't able to pull his gun out before because of the trauma. And now he overcame that. And yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But it does seem excessive to just bring that up in that conversation. I just uh, originally it's a it's a hell of a it's a hell of a bomb to drop, you know? Yeah. Um. So you wanted to talk about Ellis, right? Yeah. Is that who you want to talk about? Okay. Cocaine guy. So Ellis is a shit. Right. Yeah. Just a piece of shit. But I loved that character for some reason so much. That guy did great. Like when he first shows up. I'm trying I feel like I wrote down the line, but when when you first meet him at the party, uh mm-hmm. where like his uh what's her name? Holly, uh his wife is like walking away. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um He I think but, he asks like take he, you out to dinner or something. Yeah, it just immediately like the way he says it, you're like, Oh, look at this douchebag. And then he yep. just like proceeds to be a perfect douchebag for the rest of mm-hmm. like however long he's in that movie. Like yeah. him bringing up it, it being a Rolex. Like every time he said something, I have a note from when I was watching it that's just like oh, this guy, man. Like Fuck he's just guy. selling yeah. it. Like yeah, the freaking. Uh... And then to be fair, I've no, you know, the hell was he thinking to get himself killed in the first place? 
but they well, do he, set that up well. He does a few bumps and like pumps himself up. And he's like, I'm tired of this. I'm tired. Of, like Ellis, just call, just sit down and you're not going to save the day, you know, but he, he's all coked up and he's like, no, I am going to save the day. No, hey, you know, big terrorist man, come talk to me. Yeah. Like, dude, I feel like, oh, okay. I feel like he's like the kind of guy who just like call everybody babe. You're like, yeah, relax, 100%. babe. I'll take care of this. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just, and like they're poor. I, I, dude, I love to because he, they, they butter him up a lot, you know, because Hans Gruber is, is super smart and he knows what he's doing. And so he butters up Ellis and he go get him a Coke and a, and a glass and they're pouring him a Coke while he's, on the radio with John and John sees through it immediately. You know, he's like, you do not know these men. They will kill you. Please don't say, you know me. And he's like, Oh, you know, uh. he's doing his million dollar deals, you know, cause that's his justification is mm-hmm. like, I make these million dollar deals. I can talk these terrorists out from under, you know, out from under us. And boy, oh boy, it does not pay off. He's well, amazing. like El- El- you are out of your element. Like you were, you were yeah. out of your depth here. Do not, and then you know, yeah. sure enough, we 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 all we all saw that coming. You know, let's be honest. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I do though. This is somewhat unrelated, but I do love <laughs> how everybody seems to hate John McClane for like no reason. Like when mm-hmm. they first when they first figure out that he's the one out there, like running around haunting people. Uh, mm-hmm. Ellis is just like, oh, we're gonna he's gonna get us killed. Like. Mm-hmm. W- for no reason, you know, why you yeah, just met this person. Why is that like, your first thought? <laughs> yeah. And then like, that's yeah. still when, uh, when Al, when Al's chief shows up mm-hmm. immediately, he's like, no, 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 that guy's an idiot. Like he's, he's probably a terrorist himself. Like fuck, yeah. fuck that. This John guy, whoever that is. And yeah. it's like, eh, there's no need for that. And that he has the gall to come up to battered and bloodied John McClane at the end you know, embracing his wife and be like, McLean, personal damage. You're in trouble for property damage and, and all this stuff. Like what the fuck you're, you're high. This guy just saved everybody. Yeah. And like, at this point, I feel like it's pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, like he literally saved the day. You're yet. You're still mad at him. Everybody. Yeah, you're right. Everybody's mad at John McLean for no reason. It's weird. Everybody just hates him. Just, just cause, Except for Al, oh Al, and that they and they become fast buddies, and you know what? Yeah, I bought it. I was fine with that. You know? Yeah, they're they're friendly. They they uh, had a nice little nice little nod of acknowledgement at you know at the end when they see each other for the first time. Uh, yeah, I do like uh, Ginger just pointed out in the chat that uh, mm-hmm. John McClane is an antihero. That does remi- remind mm-hmm. me, especially like the first half of this movie. I was super on board with the fact that in essence, this was like, it was like a slasher movie almost, except mm-hmm. like we were rooting for the slash. You know what I mean? Like, cause for at sure. first the it's camp, just kind of creepy. The counselors are terrorists. Yeah. And, and Jason Voorhees is, you know, John McClane. And like, it's one thing when he's just kind of like sneaking around and like doing his yeah. little thing. But when he, uh, somewhat accidentally kills the one dude's brother, like that first guy. And then he sends him down mm. in the elevator with like the shirt and he's got, Oh yeah. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho written on it. Like as Pretty soon as good. that happened, I was like, okay, I get, 
I'm into this. Like it's like being able mm. to cheer for the ridiculous, you know, like murderer just running around because he's sure. the good guy. He's the good guy. Yeah. It's funny because I'm rewatching Barry on HBO right now and he uh Bill Hader is a hitman, but he only kills bad people, you know. And so you are rooting for this killer. Uh but he's killing bad people, so it's okay. You know, it's like that. Yeah, it's that's always a fun, I feel like, uh, like situation to play around in, you know, because he is he is a straight up horror villain for like most of this movie. And then I yeah, like he's I, stalking <laughs> yeah. and like the whole writing uh, their names down. Yeah. Him writing the names and the first conversation he has with Hans when he's just like name dropping people like that's So mm-hmm. that's so good. Yep. Like Love that's that. the that's that like New York cop. Hey, fuck you. I'm walking here like that kind of shit. <laughs> That I'm super yeah. into as far as like Bruce Willis goes in this movie. Like yeah. he does that so damn well. And like when he's when he gets on the roof the first time and he's got the radio and he's trying to like contact the police or whatever. And like mm-hmm. the the chick like dispatches like supervisor comes on. It's like, excuse me, this line is reserved for emergencies only. And I mean, he's like, no oh, fucking yeah. shit, lady. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's just yell arrest me. Just get someone down there. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. Yep. Yeah, he plays tense, you know, high tensity very well. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe better than anyone in his heyday, for sure. Which but, is sad because Cop Out doesn't have a lot of those situations for him to uh, excel in. No, not not necessarily at at all. Uh, yeah. No, I just thought I I get a lot of this. I totally get. There was also a lot of little things that I liked, like. Even as tight as the movie was, uh, like we were talking about earlier, I do like that there was a bunch of weird, like seemingly weird little things. There was like just enough to where I like bought all of this as like a real world, you know, like just mm-hmm. silly things like uh, like the fact that it only happens twice. But for some reason, the, the this movie seems to just like hate that one uh, news anchor for like no reason, like. <laughs> When the news guy shows up and he's like, I'm taking the van and like they're about to go on, yeah. like, you know, on air or whatever. And he just like yells at the uh, news anchor guy. Mm-hmm. And then the only other time you see him, he's on uh, with some kind of like, uh, you know, hostage, like expert or whatever. And he mentioned something mm-hmm. about the it's like the Helsinki uh Oh, my God. Thing. Yeah. And immediately like Helsinki, he, Switzerland he's like, from he's Switzerland. Like, and they're like, yeah, uh, no, no Finland. And like that's just <laughs> yeah. that's just a quick fuck you to that guy for no reason. Yeah. Like very anti-journalist, very anti-big news, you know, outlets. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. And that's two the the two FBI agents, uh Johnson and Johnson. The yeah. fact them both being named Johnson, that's unnecessary. But the like other it was one. fun. Totally. Yeah. And when <laughs> he's like no relation. When they first meet, he's like, I'm Agent Johnson. This is Agent Johnson. You know, no relation when they first meet the chief. (laughs) But it's also, it's not, the joke is not delivered in such a way that it's like, like a movie joke. Like, it's almost Mm -hmm. given as if, like, this is like a joke he loves telling people. And, and like, because the captain almost, like, interrupts it. And then Mm -hmm. they kind of, like, turn around. Then he's just like, no relation. Like, he's just got to get it out because he just thinks it's a, you know? And also the, the last... Uh yeah, when they're <laughs> when they're in the helicopter, um, mm-hmm. when they're like they're just gonna, gonna like I think I'm gonna say this shoot yeah. through it, 
with yeah. the, the, the one dude's just like hanging off with the fucking machine gun and he's like whoa yeah just like saigon a eh, slick and the other dude just like kind of laughs to himself he's like i was a junior yeah. high dickhead like yep. it's such a real moment between these two like ridiculous you know dude totally i i kind of uh want a johnson and johnson like side movie of just just those antics of yeah. like you know, they have to be associated with each other because they have the same last name and they're like a a, a, tr- a, uh, a duo, but they both don't really get along or vibe really well together. You know, it's so funny. Yeah, I just they're It's because it's it's there's such like <clears throat> real world seeming interactions like. Yeah. And and kind of I mean, pretty unnecessary, like the movie would have been fine mm-hmm. without those little bits. But like 100%. it was just such a, I don't know. It added it some real depth. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um, I, I don't know if you caught this. One of my favorite little moments is when the SWAT team shows up and they're rushing towards the building. One of the guys, uh, runs through a, a thicket of roses, and he goes like. Ow. And like he, he kept gets his hand on the road, like for no reason. Like, what is that? And I actually go, so I was watching it today, and I go, Was that Richard Pryor? And I and I back it up and I'm like, I can't tell. And so I Google it, and there is a intense Reddit thread about whether or not that guy is an uncredited Richard Pryor. Okay, yeah, because when I first saw him, I, uh, that was my first thought was like, I didn't know Richard Pryor was in this movie. Because I also <laughs> thought that was, we were just going to have like That's a random so Richard Pryor running around also. like Yeah. Like, why did he prick his hand on the roses for no reason? Like, that's so funny, but for no reason. Um, and then Huey Lewis from Huey Lewis in the News is the guy behind the computers who works with the terrorists. Like, the, the guy oh, who's no standing shit? next to Hans at the end, when, when Bruce Willis comes out at the end and he goes, Hans, you know, and he's and he's got his wife, the guy next to him who's been in the movie the whole time. That's Huey Lewis from Huey Lewis from, in the News. That is the titular Huey Lewis. No shit. I did not Huey know Lewis that. Makes it to the end of Die Hard. I do know the yeah. uh, I read. Well, OK, actually, I don't know if this is true. I'm obsessed with. Uh, imdb trivia despite the fact that by all accounts it appears to be as trustworthy as like (laughs) mid-2000s wikipedia you know like it's not a citable Mm -hmm. source people are just making shit up on there but supposedly the the one dude who like steals the candy bar when they're Mm -hmm. when they're like bracing for i think they're bracing for the uh the like everybody to to breach the building uh he supposedly he just like did that and like really? because of that, the because they were they were changing the script the whole time they were shooting it, and they were just killing people all over the place. But because of that, mm-hmm. the the dude who was writing it was like, "That's an interesting character choice," and that's like why he makes it almost to the end. Interesting. That is so funny because it is it is totally random. Like he's standing there, and then he looks down at the candy, and he's like, and he like reaches around and grabs a, and yeah. he's eating a, a Mars bar, you know. Yeah, and I like too, yeah. like when you first see him, he's like starting to eat one candy bar, and by the time you cut back, he's like eating that one, and he's now eating another one. Like he's just been sitting mm-hmm. there, just like snacking the whole time. Just snacking, yeah. That's so funny. Gendron said he was supposed to die early. He read, which is interesting. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that that gives me more confidence in that 
mm-hmm. that little that little trivia moment. Uh, similar, supposedly, which this probably I have more to say about when we move on to the next movie. But um, mm-hmm. the like basic, just like human drama, uh, of emotional or like like emotional bit to the, where it's just like him trying to like save his wife thing uh supposedly mm-hmm. came from when the when they were first they're writing the first draft because none of the like him trying to like you know apologize to his wife stuff is apparently in the book like the book is like fairly different to what the movie goes in but supposedly mm-hmm. the um like whoever the first screenwriter was got in a while he was writing it he got in a fight with his wife and then went for a drive to like cool off or whatever and ended up behind a truck that was carrying a bunch of fridges and a fridge mm-hmm. one of the boxes fell off and like landed on his car uh but mm-hmm. it ended up being like an empty box but it, if there was a fridge in it it would have just like crushed him and he was like mm-hmm. well that would have died and like the last thing i did was get in a fight with my wife like wouldn't it be a bummer if i was never able to like apologize or whatever and uh and that's where he like worked in the whole you know that human element of it where he's just at the end of the day john's just trying to get back to his wife like yeah he's not trying to be anything special he spends most of his time trying to find the cops so that they'll deal with it like he's Mm -hmm. just trying to get back to his wife and a lot of that may or may not like him very much because her last name is different in the system when he shows up. You know, he looks her up by Holly McLean and there's nobody. And he looks her up by her maiden name. And so she's using her maiden. So it's like, oh, you know, does she even really love you? But he's going all out just to save her. Just for like a like a chance, you know? So uh, I'm getting corrected in the chat. And apparently that guy is not actually Huey Lewis, which blows my mind because that, that is... I thought that I had read it, and I uh, accept being corrected, but I thought that I read that it is. Dennis Hayden is credited as being that character. That's crazy. He 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 looks remarkably like Huey Lewis, though. Yeah, damn. Well, there you go. It's not Huey Lewis. I thought that the guy who did the America Home Makeover, whatever that guy's name is. Oh, Ty Pennington? I thought that Ty Pennington invented the fork in middle school or I don't know what age I was, but I Wikipedia it for some reason. And it was on Ty Pennington's Wikipedia that he invented the fork and that was his claim to fame. (laughs) So I told that to people and they were like, no, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And you're like, I was like, you're right. That is stupid. Of course he didn't invent the fork. You know how long forks have been around? Yeah. Yeah, I just believed it. Old Ty Pennington. Uh, Ty Pennington went to the same college as I did. That's crazy. That's probably the only reason I know his name. Yeah, I was wondering how you picked his name out so quick. Guano just pointed out too. Yeah, we all we went to the same college as Ty. For a long time, when you Googled our college, uh, Ty Pennington came up as in like the main like Google results page as like our primary notable notable alumni. Oh yeah, we we also got Barb. Barb from Stranger Barb Things from season Stranger one. Things season one. <laughs> she awesome. she was there when we were there, which is fun. Oh, I guess so. Same time. I've never. Wow, that's cool. I I may have seen her. I've never met her. I have it on decent authority. She doesn't walk around looking like Barb. So, God knows if I've ever interacted <laughs> with her. But I know that lady. She dressed just like this. <laughs> She's just walking around with like the glasses and the the fucking, big glassy. Yeah. Like, 
It was, it was, I thought it was weird that she dressed up like she's in the eighties every day. So the question is die hard as good as people say it is. I, I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, uh, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was, I get why everybody's talking about it. I do too. I, I, I definitely agree with you. I get why people talk about it, but also was pleasantly surprised at how, like we were saying, kind of gushing over it is how well-crafted it is in its own right. So yeah, like even without the, you know, Bruce Willis of it all and, you know, the, the yippee Kaye and all, all that, it was just, it was just a really well-made movie. Which yep. I think you said something to this effect earlier, but I am glad to have watched it trying to find things to write down for it. Cause yeah, I don't know if mm-hmm. I would have noticed some of it, but yeah, like it's, same. it's super well directed, super well edited. The writing is airtight. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm now super interested. I'd love to see the sequels. Um, oh yeah. We do have yeah. one big question that we, we also have to answer about this movie. Um, but I would love to see the sequels yeah. just to see like how quickly it turns into that, like almost a lampoon of an action movie thing that we get sure. where he's cause I, just from seeing the trailers, I know that like this John McC- John McClane's not in, uh, Die Hard or what was the one with, with it? He had a son, I think in it. Yeah, there, there's Die Harder, I think. Or no, I don't know. It's Live Free, Die Hard. Live Free or Die Hard. Yeah. That, like, because he's, like, jumping out of a helicopter or some shit in that trailer. Like, No, worse than that. He's landing a motorcycle jump into a moving helicopter. It's ridiculous. Yeah, see that? I, I would, though, I, I, I think I would enjoy... It would be okay. So the poster to Die Hard Two just has in big bold letters "Die Harder." That- okay. <laughs> <laughs> what genius Which marketing is so? So the second one is not bad per se, but it's not John McTiernan. So I I really don't think the direction is as good, and it's very similar, just in an airport. It's like let's do this again in a different slightly different setting airport instead of a tall building okay and it's very similar the third one die hard with a vengeance john mctiernan returns and i think is up to par if in some ways better than this die hard i really like die hard with a vengeance okay i do love me some uh some jeremy irons and i, I like the jeremy br- irons yeah i like the brother motif that seems to be lining mm-hmm. up here because you know that the the one dude it being his brother that got uh turned into a very menacing i guess warning you know the ho 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 guy uh yeah that you know that being a big deal and now for for you to meet han gruber's uh brother which also I, i'd be remiss if i didn't bring it up the what a what a face old hans had what a fall face oh alan rickman great had. that was so good it was Good fall it's, face. it's one of those scenes yeah. I'd seen a thousand times, but still when it happens, like I wrote down yeah. like, uh, yeah, what a fall face on Hans was what I wrote in my phone. Like what? Cause it was just <laughs> such a good, he's yeah. just genuinely like, you know, terrified for a second there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm with gender. Didn't like two did like three. Okay. Uh, and 
the one i think it's the fourth one like live free or die hard um the the villain is timothy oliphant which is a i'm a fan of his and so that one is pretty corny but is not i not as bad as i remember i don't know maybe we should have done that one instead of cop out but uh oh that would have been yeah the die hard's die hard series gets very questionable yeah and uh I believe it was, yeah, uh, Guano pointed out that his son's actually in A Good Day to Die Hard. A Good Day to Die Hard. The names, They gotta come up with the crazy ways yeah, to say Die Hard. The names on this, like, yeah, I feel like it's similar to uh, all the, the Rambo first blood of it all. Yeah, yeah. With that ridiculous naming convention. Um, yeah. Okay, so before we move on, we do have to answer a question that just about everybody here asked. Uh, this will be the definitive answer to this question I, for all time. Yeah. Do do would you call this a Christmas movie? Okay. Here's my thoughtful response. Is it a Christmas movie? Yes. It takes place during Christmas. The reason he's in Los Angeles is for a Christmas party. You see Christmas type el- thing like elements in the movie. Even the intro theme, when it says Die Hard on screen, you can hear a little, it's a little action-y. It's like, dun, 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 dun. but there's a little ding, ding, yeah. ding. It, there's a little Christmas to it. Okay. Is it a good Christmas movie? No, because it's an action movie and because it's not about fucking Christmas spirit and shit and what Santa is it a good Christmas movie? Powers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's not a good Christmas movie. But is it a Christmas movie? Undoubtedly. I I do. I had to watch watch the, watching the whole thing, especially because a lot of what I talk, a lot of what I heard about, uh, like talking to my roommates and stuff. Uh, you know, Unrelento and Guano watch this every year for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like when I brought up the fact that I'd never seen it, they were like, "No, no mm-hmm. shit!" Like they were surprised I hadn't watched it with them. You know. Um, yeah. And so the whole time I was watching, I was like, okay, I got to see, is it just because it's, you know, because there's other, like most of, uh, what's his name? Shane Black's movies are all take place, all take place on Christmas also, but like, that's mm-hmm. not a whole big debate. But yeah. I think honestly what the, it's the, when they get the safe opened mm-hmm. and the, it plays for that moment, first of all, it's great. And like, it plays the, the, the that famous orchestral, like the, which was Mm -hmm. so good. But then it does like that pan around and then it stops on uh, Hans Gruber. And he's just like, Merry Christmas. Like once that happened from then on, like I was on board. Yeah. It's like a, it's like, I think it's a Christmas action movie. It's not about Christmas. Uh, But yeah, I I think think T leaf, T leaf said it well. It's not a Christmas themed movie, but it is a Christmas movie movie yeah and it does have a lot of the you know it has like the how important it is for family or whatever that feels like a christmasy theme i get like it's Mm -hmm. got a lot it's got so many of the elements but yeah there's just no santa there's just no santa you know agreed it's not it's not christmas vacation or it's yeah it's not christmas vacation you know but it it belongs on the list i'm sorry yeah And, and also Saying that it is or isn't a Christmas movie is kind of the same as saying moist is your least favorite word. Like, no one's original for saying it anymore. Yeah. Everyone said it a thousand times. 
You just need to accept it. No one likes the word moist, and Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. Just, just accept it. Whatever. I like the the one person, I forget, uh, I can't remember who brought it up. I should be able to find it pretty easy. But somebody said, um, oh yeah, Diggle said, if Die Hard's not a Christmas movie, Home Alone's not a Christmas movie. Valid. Which like, And also, I think, especially now, I feel like uh, it's been widely accepted that the Harry Potter franchise are Christmas movies. Despite the Which fact is, that Christmas has nothing to do, aside from that one scene in one of those movies where they're like "Happy Christmas" to each other and like "Happy Christmas, Harry." Yeah. Other than that, yeah. that shit that has nothing to do with Christmas, and uh, very loose connections. And, and yet those are accepted. Than Die Hard. So yeah, yeah I feel like you you definitely at this point you can't you can't really you can't rightfully make the argument it's not. That's I don't even want to hear their arguments. That, so <laughs> our, our official. The official answer, the 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 last time anyone has to talk about it, because we've answered it, damn it. Pound the gavel. Die Hard is indeed a Christmas movie. Cool. I'm, I'm just kind of real quick trying to look through, make sure we didn't miss anything chat-wise. Mm-hmm. I am pretty much on board with everything everybody is saying. Sometimes like, terrorists like, uh, blow up buildings on Christmas. It's I, true. I like uh, hating when Ellis, Ellis calls calls john booby oh yeah i did notice kind of speaking of that everybody calls each other pal in this movie hey pal it's all like listen pal like everybody's everybody's just palling around might be a a sign of being 1989 and people said that more in in the late 80s yeah it's just uh that's just how how people talked i think we're i think we're here at a a really good consensus as far as as far as the chat uh, I thought it was great. That was a great movie. It was fun to watch him progressively just get more jacked. Like his tank top just slowly gets gross and grosser and, and then grosser. Off. And then he's just got it all. He's just shirtless for a while. And he's it so sweaty. So dirty. He's so sweaty he's and so dirty sweaty. and bloody. And he's like uh, creeping around the infrastructure of this building. Like he spends so much time in elevator shafts and. He's just like propping doors it, open and shit. And like my, my last question would be, did it start the laughing hysterically with the villain in the final scene thing? You know, because you know how it's like kind of memed at this point to be like, <laughs> you know, and then they Honestly, start laughing. And then what are we laughing about? Is that from Die Hard? Very well could be, right? I don't know. Because, yeah, that is. Because that's also, uh, that's one of those, I had never seen that scene, or that little clip, rather, mm-hmm. but I've seen it parodied on, like, four different yeah. sitcoms of the whole, like, taping the, the gun to his back, taping and, like, the thing, yeah. you know, the whole, everybody's laughing for some reason, like. Yeah, so I wonder if that's from that, which is pretty iconic, but even if you haven't seen that movie, you know the trope. Like, you know that trope, so. Yeah, I, uh, uh just great. It's I'm just sad. Great. I wish we had some hotter takes about Die Hard, but Die Hard's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know what to say. It's a good, it's, it's a good move. Everybody, turns out everybody's right. No it, again, takes. it's been talked to death. You've, everything we've said has been said a thousand times, but. Yeah. I'm glad but, I finally had a reason to be able to say the things, you know? There you go. Yeah, we didn't tread new ground for sure. I, I doubt we did, but uh, this show is about cementing things in in you know reality, and the reality is that Die Hard's a good movie. It's just a good movie. And it's if, iconic. I mean, you know, 
Get over it, guys. Okay, I'm sorry. It's a good movie. Chat. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess now should we uh skip forward in time to a movie mm-hmm. released? Quick math. Twenty two years later. No. Twelve years later. No. Twenty two years later. No. Twenty two. Yeah. Because what is it? What year did it come? Uh, it's twenty ten. Ten. This movie came out. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, we're gonna talk about this week's uh. Y'all were out here worried there wasn't going to be any production value. I mean, that's... Dude. Talk about production value. Uh, a year in production, well yeah, worth it. Yeah, that is worth the, <laughs> the six months. Uh, yeah, so Cop Out. The, uh, the yeah. The, I guess the Yang to, to Die Hard's Yin. I guess, okay, so this one's not as popular. Should we, just for the sake of... Should should we like give a synopsis? Should we just like spoil this movie? For yeah, people? I think all spoilers for sure. Spoiler warning, obviously. Yeah, we spoiled the shit out of Die Hard, but this one's also pretty old at this point. I think there's just as much time between Die Hard and this as there is between this and today's date. You know, so yeah, because it's and if and if you if you watch this and decide you want to check this movie out, uh, it's on Netflix. So it, yeah, Die Hard's on Hulu. Uh, this oh, is, is uh, cop outs on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. So just briefly, we've got uh cop out. We've got uh Bruce Willis doing his, he's still a classic New York city cop. Yeah. Uh, this time though, specifically from Brooklyn, which mm. that's cool. Uh, he's been with old Tracy Morgan. He's his partner. He's been with them for uh, nine years and they're on a They're on a case, uh, trying to track down, uh, some, Actually, I don't even remember at this point. Was it drugs? I watched this last night. Yeah. Was it drugs that the case was based on, or was it murder? No, it was a it was a gang of drug dealers. Okay, yeah. So it was drugs. Yeah. So they're trying to they're trying to get a hold of some uh, some drug dealers, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, shit goes sideways, and they get suspended. Classic, and then Classic. Uh, a surprising turn of events sends them back in the fold. Yeah, and that's cop out. Directed, directed by, by Kevin Smith, but not written by Kevin Smith. Uh, which I think this was his first directorial debut—not his directorial debut, as in he he didn't write this script and he's just directing it. Which is odd because you don't think of Kevin Smith as a direct. You don't think of his camera movements and his cinematography. You think of his uh, dialogue. You know, and his weird Jane Silent Bobness. Yeah. So odd. And that's definitely I think that's definitely that's an interesting element to this movie that we can mm-hmm. uh kinda kinda jump into. But I guess uh what what, what have had you seen this before this? No. This, so this was my first time seeing Cop Out. Okay. Yeah. Uh what did <laughs> what were you, what were your just like initial thoughts, you know? So going into it, like obviously we picked this movie as the bad one because it's pretty widely regarded as a bad movie. It's got a Metacritic rating of 19, I think. Um, so pretty poor. And so so my, that's going in. And coming out of it, I don't think it's that bad. It's not good. It, it's a mess, but it made me 
laugh more than I thought it would for sure. And I actually think that Kevin did a fine job behind the camera. I don't think it's like hard to watch by any means. I think like that part of it is surprisingly decent for, for Kevin Smith. Um, but I also think that if you're not a Tracy Morgan fan, that there's not really a saving grace to it because he's, he was mine. He made me chuckle. Anytime they tried to make Bruce be funny, it was a little hard. Uh, I think for him too. Um, so that's where I came, I came off of it. Yeah. I think, I think I agree with you for the most part, uh, especially too. Like, I don't think, I don't know if Kevin Smith gets a lot of blame for this movie, not doing well, mm-hmm. but I do think, like you said, like, I think the direction was fine. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't anything not, special, Yeah, but like, yeah, exactly. It's fine. You know? Yeah. Uh, I will say, I think a lot of my opinions on this movie were hindered by the fact that, or not hindered, but I guess influenced by the fact that I watched, I watched both of these movies the last two nights and I started mm. with Die Hard for some reason, which was, okay. I think pretty dumb because this movie, like about halfway through, I have a note that's just like, this is just kind of boring. Like it was just, yeah, it was just sort of fine. Like. Mm-hmm. There was, I thought Tracy Morgan was really funny. I kept coming across moments that I thought were great, like like were really mm-hmm. funny little bits. But then the rest mm-hmm. of it was just kind of, it was just a bunch of little things that annoyed me. Like I'm always, yeah. I'm almost worried that I'm going to sound like snobbish talking about this mm-hmm. because that's what we're here to do. But like it was more so, it was just because there were so many little things that at a certain point mm. I could like stop overlooking the dumb, like lowest con- common denominator kind of shit throughout this. Yeah. Like right out of the gate, it opens with a shot in New York and a needle drop of no sleep till Brooklyn or yeah, no sleep till Brooklyn. I wonder, yeah. I wonder what borough they're going to be in. Like, you know what I mean? Like right. exactly. What, that's like the quintessential, like when somebody's trying to talk about, like cliche freaking needle drops. Like that's the example people just make. And it's not because of this movie. It's because it's such a clear, like staring you in the face thing to do. And like, there's just so many of those, I don't know, those things that it just slowly annoyed me over watching this movie. Absolutely. There's parts of it. And that's what I mean by it being a mess in that, like, there's some weird decisions of like, I can't believe that got it. Okay. You know, like a studio was like, we're going to needle drop no sleep till Brooklyn in the opening, Yep. you know, after the scrawl to, to the, to the city sweeping shot over the city. Like, come on guys. Yeah, that'll what, be like, clever. What? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah like, uh, okay. Uh, but I do think that the bit, Though it goes on a little too long, I think the bit of Tracy saying, I'm going to be the bad cop this time, and then doing lines from movies is funny, but they go probably like six or seven versions too long, and like, okay, now it's not funny. (laughs) Yeah, that too, and like, like that bit I thought was really good, but the fact that they like, like before he even goes in, he's like, I want to be bad cop, and immediately Bruce Willis is like, no, you're just going to quote a bunch of movies you know. And then while he's doing it, 
half the time, like he'll say something and it'll cut back to Bruce Willis and he'll be like, this is the movie that's from. And like, I feel like if you didn't do like, even if the audience didn't pick up on half, like if it took until a one line that you happen to know to figure out Mm -hmm. what the joke was, I feel like that's so much more funny. Like it's so much funnier than spending the whole time pointing out that this is what he's doing. You know? Yeah. It's like, Here's here's a spoon. I'm going to put the joke on the spoon and the punchline. And then you just you don't even have to open your mouth. I'm going to open your mouth. I'm going to spoon feed you this joke. Mm. It's like, dude, I'm not a I'm not an idiot. Like, I hate being treated like that, especially in comedy. Like, you have to have a little respect for your audience. And that scene started with because it doesn't always cut to Bruce doing that, but it turns, it devolves into that bit mm-hmm. of him saying, Oh, could the color purple, you know? And it's like, okay, yeah. Right. Now you're just going to say what it's from. And also like Bruce Willis in this movie specifically has the charisma of like a saltine cracker. So like, it's not even him saying it also isn't I, the whole thing just kind of feels phoned in. And like, I would yep. be, fascinated to find out how much like studio involvement like especially kevin smith got in it because mm-hmm. some of his just regardless to what you think of his filmography i feel like one thing he is pretty decent at is just like he makes a joke and if you get it you get it you know like he doesn't yeah. do a lot of catering in his especially like his older you know clerks and mall rats and all that kind of stuff yeah and it did there was a lot of stuff in this that kind of felt like you know, answering a studio note more than yeah something they wanted. I, I to don't do. know, but it definitely begs that question. Um, I do know that because um, I've I've gone to a couple um, shows with Kevin Smith. He does these things called an evening with Kevin Smith, and he talks for like three hours and does a Q and A and stuff. And um, he talked about working with Tracy and Bruce and Sean William Scott and, and kind of the production of this movie. And the thing that I remember the most about that is that Bruce was not in a good mood for the whole production. Uh, not very nice, not very cooperative, mm-hmm. not willing to do second, third takes. Um, very frustrated when somebody broke and didn't you know and it's a comedy so yeah hopefully people are laughing a little you know like you're gonna break more than on die hard but um yeah so i know the production was a little bit tense because of that and it feels like that kinda. yeah it does there's i don't know some of the performances especially like i don't want to just like be shitting on bruce willis but especially yeah. coming from coming from watching him in Die Hard, where it's just such a perfect, you know, dialed into what exactly Bruce Willis is good at kind of role. Mm-hmm. And like, this is very clearly like there's even I feel like some subtle references to Die Hard just throughout. I mean, there's the one, you know, direct Obvious, one yeah. where he's like, yeah, you know, I've never heard of that movie or whatever, which like, OK, fine. Yeah. Make that joke. Yeah. But um. But there's just stuff like like he you know he loses a shoe at one point like just a bunch of weird little things yeah. where I'm like okay clearly either they wrote this hoping that Bruce Willis was going to be involved or Bruce Willis got involved and these two screenwriters got real excited and like added a couple little things but it was yeah. just so not as well delivered you know yeah agreed yeah, it's it definitely seemed like he was farther along in his career. 
had kind of accepted himself as this action movie star. And if they had played more on, like, let's just pluck John McClane out of Die Hard and put him as Tracy Morgan's partner in this comedy, that that dynamic is maybe what they were going for. Mm -hmm. And it just something didn't hit. And and to some extent, that is Kevin's fault, because you do have to ask for extra takes and, and do that. But if yeah. the big star, like, Ke sorry, Kevin Smith doesn't have as much Hollywood swing as Bruce. So if Bruce says, no, we're moving on, you you know, Kevin is like, okay, I guess we're moving on. You know what I mean? So All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also, not to, I guess, I mean, I, I don't have a ton to say about it, but not to like keep hearkening on this similarity to Die Hard, but I also mm -hmm. think, I thought the, movie i feel like there's not enough work being done for the like internal stakes you'd call them like like the external stake like it's a you know it's a pretty cut and dry buddy cop movie you know there's bad guys yeah. and they gotta stop the bad guys and you know there's this background stuff about him trying to like pay for his daughter's wedding and that's the reason yeah like, he's in the and i guess that works Insofar as it's because of the card that he gets dragged back into the like K stuff. But I also, I didn't care mm -hmm. about any of that at, at all. It's, mm -hmm. and I think probably because I just seen Die Hard, but the unavoidable to me, like comparison between how well done the like human element of it's just a man trying to get back to his wife stuff of yeah. Die Hard compared to this like half assed, like, Oh yeah, I guess he's doing it for his daughter thing. Mm -hmm. Like it just didn't I didn't care about it at all. Y yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think part of that is the the script is pretty generic. Like you said it's a it's a very cut and dry buddy cop movie. So what's your point, you know? Like there has to be a a reason that you're doing a buddy cop movie because mm -hmm. it's been done a thousand times before so like what what is your version of this and their version of that was i think the bruce willis john mcclain thing playing off of goofy tracy morgan and it it just never you never really see that blossom you never see yeah. it the seed is planted very early on they're like oh we've been partners for so long and okay okay let's see you know where this goes they they're buddies they know each other and then the, all these subplots of you know and and granted tracy's in you know infidelity his his cheating wife subplot is more entertaining than the i need to pay for my daughter's stuff you know uh subplot but they're so generic yeah. it's like what was your ins? Well, I don't even know what your inspiration for this was. What to? What did you think about the whole infidel? Like the the whole, <clears throat> yeah, him, uh, you know, worrying his wife is cheating on him. Like I, every time that got brought up, like you said, it is way more entertaining than whatever like B plot was going on in Bruce's life. But also, mm -hmm. it was such, it's so like needlessly like it has nothing to do with anything like thematically or like it's yeah. just there. And that, I don't know, that threw me so much of this movie kind of felt like I did like parts of this movie. I plan to bring up some things I like. I feel like we're just like shitting on it, but definitely. Uh, 
but I felt like so much of this movie almost felt like it was padding for time. Because like yeah, it's, it felt a lot. How long is it? It's be. uh, it's an hour forty seven. So okay. it's just barely movie length, you know? It, it mm-hmm. has maybe mm-hmm. like 10, 15 extra minutes. But like the whole plot with Tracy Morgan and like his wife has nothing to do with anything. That's just like dropped out of another movie into yep. this one for no reason. And like mm-hmm. a lot to, I don't remember what it was that you said earlier, but it made me think of the fact. Yeah, like the, like I liked a lot of the times that they let Tracy Morgan just go. Just like continue mm-hmm. to just like ramble. Like when they're uh I'm trying to remember what he was talking about, but when they're camping out, uh I guess when they find when they first find Sean William Scott, when they've like mm-hmm. followed him to this house that he's gonna like steal, and uh he's like taking a shit in the house or whatever, and <laughs> Tracy Morgan just starts going on a run about how like he never shits in public. But like mm-hmm. when he gets home, then it's like going and he just like He's just rambling for what feels like 45 seconds. And in my opinion, it's absolutely hilarious. Like they, they just like yeah. let him run. But yeah. on the flip side, so many of the like shot reverse shot, just like two people interactions felt like they went on twice as long as they needed to. hundred percent. Like it almost felt like, uh, like a, like when you see like the extended cut of like an Adam McKay movie or something. And mm-hmm. really it's just like the, it's the improv bits that just weren't worth keeping in the movie. They just throw them all in the con- so the con- each conversation lasts like ten minutes. That's what yep. it felt like watching it. But this is like yes. the final cut, you know? Yes, very well put. That is exactly what I was trying to. That, that's how I felt, and you articulated ex- exactly how I felt. And that's what I meant earlier too. Of like this, this movie is not as bad as I think people f- say it is, but you have to be a Tracy Morgan fan because he's the only thing that saves it. And like, Mm -hmm. I I also think that those rants are very funny, but I know people who don't like Tracy Morgan's style of humor. Yeah. And so if you're not into that, there's really no, nothing about this movie that you're going to enjoy. Um, Because that is because Sean William Scott is, doesn't even bring a lot of comedy to the table. Like his mocking thing is the only thing it, that's like his only bit mm-hmm. like you're going to make Sean William Scott, who is a pretty good comedic actor. Just do the, the child. I'm going to say what you're saying at the same time as you like copying you like, yeah, man, he's got, he's got that and making jokes about having sex with Tracy Morgan's wife. Mm. And he does both of those bits three times. Yeah. And he's not in the, I remember cause I saw this during the pirate Bay days and yeah. I remember thinking it was fine, but I was also like 19 and stoned probably. So I remember Sean William Scott being like in this movie. Yeah. You know, like for like way more than, but he's barely in it at all. Like it Mm. almost begs, like I'm not positive why he's in it in the first, like he serves like one narrative purpose. And then the rest Mm. of it, he's just like, like he just shows back up and he's annoying for a little while. And then he just like Mm. dies yeah yeah he falls off the building which is i did like him falling off the building that was clearly he's not dead like the because he comes back in like the after credits or whatever and he's alive in the body bag or whatever but it was funny oh my god i actually forgot yeah because he does in that he does the same shit with the like there's like a corner or whatever and he she's just like wheels in a table with a body bag on it and then she starts talking on the phone and he starts mimic doing the mimicking thing Mm -hmm. again and like that's how you find oh, out yeah. that Sean William Scott's not dead, but yeah. 
But yeah, I did enjoy like him suddenly dying. I thought was funny, but otherwise, like it was kind of he felt just like thrown in because it was 2010 and Sean William Scott was still like kind of a guy, you know? Yeah, I think he was on the out. You know, as far as Hollywood goes, I don't I don't know if he had uh, substance abuse problems or what or, or what happened to him. But um, he was it, it's not like it was off the heels of American Pie 2 or something, you know, but it, it's he was still way more relevant than he was today. And they severely underutilized him. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the script's fault. We're especially thinking back to which I also haven't seen this movie in about as long a time. So maybe it's not great either, but I feel like this came out at the same, around the same time as role models did with him and uh, Paul Rudd. That's a good question. And I remember that being funny. Very funny. Yeah. I I actually, that's 2008. So this is 2008 years after that. So you're right. Maybe it wasn't, you know, he wasn't on the out. I think role models was a pretty big success. Yeah. And I remember Sean William Scott being very funny in that. Very funny. So yeah, that correct me again. Um, I, yeah. So then he's just really underutilized in this. I don't get it. Um, but it's yeah. I I'm surprised at the at Kevin, honestly, because it's not like horribly shot. Because he's just not a director, you know. No, yeah. He has a lot of. I know his DP for most of his movies is this guy named David Klein. And, you know, they're mostly all just like medium two shots, you know, yeah, there's a lot down. of the camera stays in one place or it's like very yeah. shoddily handheld. Like, yeah, exactly. So, you know, you yeah. know, taking the big step up to Hollywood and uh, and doing this big movie with Tracy and, and Bruce, it was competent. You know, yeah. like like you said, it's not nothing to write home about. Like I'm not the only reason it's worth noting the direction is because it's Kevin Smith. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do have to point out. Yeah. So DP being the director of photography. Uh, yes. Not AKA, uh, yeah. Which is funny because that's a which joke, is a joke made in this movie. Oh my yeah. God. That's funny. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the multiple of the same bits that Sean William Scott has. He's got his DP joke and his a, uh, ATM joke. Wow. Um, I didn't even mean to do that. Yeah. But yeah, so that's a uh, director of photography. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think you're right. It is kind of a bummer that this movie was so poorly received. Cause I know mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what, what does Kevin Smith's filmography look like around this time? Uh, this is gosh, I think this a, is like post Jersey girl. Yeah, because I know that one. Um, I've never seen that, but I know that one went. That one went I poorly, have, right? And it did severely go poorly. Yeah, um, it, it was still written and directed by him. It was still like in his view as universe, mm-hmm. but uh, it was not good. <laughs> really, really shoddy. Um, I think because he had just had his kid Harley Quinn, and so it was about that. And he just has a harder time writing about that than he does about Star Wars and boobs and dicks and farts. You know? Right. Yeah, because I guess so it looks like he did he did cop out. And then the following year, he did Red State, which is a movie I know very little about. But I think that's another 
that's that's when he that's his first written and directed movie that is outside of the viewers universe okay um so he's he said like i'm done with the viewers universe i'm leaving jay and silent bob behind and i'm gonna do a a horror movie and so it's like a it's a horror movie and it's it's actually really good i actually really enjoy it um but this this cop out is so strange because he's just the director yeah you know? so and it is like i said i i do yeah i almost feel bad in that it's because i have to imagine this was like a stressful thing to embark on just being you know mm-hmm. director and this is more like just hollywood studio system kind of stuff and yeah. for it to be received so poorly when mm-hmm. i most of it's not that but you know he's probably you know i like, like you were saying earlier it's not poorly directed yeah it's just not it's great it's just not great yeah, yeah. um and there are things like i laughed way more than i thought i would just based on the rating and the the stories that i've heard you know i went into this like not with very low expectations and maybe that's why but um it definitely made me laugh more than i thought it would yeah, um it is but i do see its flaws you know yeah because there they're are very apparent there are though i guess now that we've shit on it for long for like a while at this point uh <laughs> i do a couple bits i thought were really like the early in it's somewhere around the 6 30 mark if yeah. anybody wants to pull it up on netflix i don't know why i wrote that <laughs> down but when uh when tracy morgan's dressed up as a phone when he's doing undercover stuff and he's just like yelling mm-hmm. at people when it just it's a quick cut where it cuts to him as somebody walks by and he's like, You should use me to call your mother. And then like it just cuts away. <laughs> That's so funny to me. Like I remember quoting yep. that when I first saw it. Uh the all the like tr- like buddy cop trope stuff I thought was like I mm. thought the captain was fine. The ri- the rival cops with uh what's his name and the dude from the OC? Um Kevin Pollack oh, yeah. and uh, Adam Brody. Adam Brody. Who, by the way, I love. I wish he was in more things. Adam Brody should be I a do, bigger really star like... than he is. He's so good. And everything you see him Dude, in is great. That is so funny because I've always thought that and no one's ever said that to me. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I totally agree. I thought I thought they were great. Uh, mm-hmm. They're also, their their chemistry, like when uh, when they're like showing up and have the whole little quippy interaction with, Tracy Morgan and, and and Bruce after they got yelled at by the captain and like suspended and stuff and like their little back and forth mm. quips I think like that dialogue interaction I thought was great like when yeah. he, when they're like pretending to be on the phone they're talking about uh uh you know having seen a movie where it was De Niro and somebody else and then it cuts mm-hmm. back to the rival cops and they're like I I kind of like the idea of you know so and so and De Niro playing us and the uh what's his name uh Frank Pollock or no Kevin Pollock Kevin when he Pollock. does the quick like you know a little bit like his little like yeah. like quick little De Niro impression like stuff like that yeah. i thought was really good yeah because that's the that's the really disappointing thing about the movie is like i see the potential there there is a really good baseline of characters and the improbability um and just the just the idea i think is good and you know you brought up adam mckay earlier him and will ferrell kind of took this idea and did it well in the other guys yeah it's the same thing 
Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because, yeah, I think it was about the time of that interaction with the rival cops that it hit me. I was like, this movie's kind of like a just like a worse version of the other guys. Like, yeah. what makes this movie somewhat entertaining? The other guys just knocks out of the park. Like, yep, yep. Because, yeah, it is because yep. if it, it's almost like they didn't lean in enough to the kind of ridiculousness of because there's stuff like. I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but it's very clear to mm-hmm. me that Bruce and Tracy, I'm just going to call them that. What are their actual Jimmy and yeah. Paul, I, I guess are the no character idea. names. <laughs> Paul is one for sure. But the two of them are horrible cops. Like the first time you do that, you see them doing any cop stuff. It's just like, mm-hmm. like the, the interrogation is kind of fun, but then, you know, Tracy Morgan goes undercover and he's clearly really bad at it. And Bruce Willis is just chilling in his car, doing nothing. And then the guy, they're like trying to get to, you know, the guy they arrested that they're trying to like, you know, have wear a wire and all that kind of good stuff gets just shot and killed. And you're like, well, yep. that's, that's a bummer, I guess. <laughs> but like, yeah. I couldn't tell if it's supposed to be like funny. Like, are they supposed right. to be bad cops? Cause then at the end they're like kind of good cops. Like, I don't, I don't know the whole yeah. thing. Like if they just lean, I, I want to say if they just leaned into them kind of being bad cops, but then like pulling mm-hmm. it off, in a similar kind of yeah. way that like John McClane's just a dude who pulls it off. Mm-hmm. That would mm-hmm. be funnier. But also I think that's just because I love the movie, the other guys. I think what I'm really thinking is if they just made the other guys, it would have been good. And like, clearly yeah. that wouldn't have, you know? Yeah. And you said, you said this was 2010, right? Uh, Yeah. 2010. So it's the same goddamn year that the other guys came out. Oh, no joke. No joke. 2010. So I'm actually curious as to which one came out first. This came out August 5th, 2010. Cop Out came out February 2010. Okay. Now, I'm not saying these ideas were probably being talked about. These projects were in production at similar times. Oh, yeah. Which is so weird. I wonder if it's one of those, because I feel like I've seen recently, like trying to find them, uh, seen interviews with. Kevin Smith talking about how like the buddy cop movie genre was kind of dead at that point. Like I'm wondering yeah. if that that was that was like a hot thing at the time. Like maybe like the idea being shopped around. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that it's wild that they came out months apart because I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah what I think this movie did well, other guys just did like way better. Yeah, you know? why? Why? Like obviously Tracy Morgan and Rashida Jones. I don't buy them as a couple at all. So let's oh my God, dive yeah. into that, you know, and make it so so that Will Ferrell and uh, Evil or what's her name? Oh, uh, uh, Eva uh, Longoria. You know, Is that yeah, her name? Like, no, it's not Eva Longoria. It's a uh, shit. I just had it up. Hold on. Mendez. Hold on. Eva Mendez. Yeah. Yeah. Make it so she's obsessed with him and 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 Will Ferrell's off put by her. You know, and it's like, what? What are you doing? You know, that's fun. I didn't even think about that connection. Like, yeah, because, yeah, I don't because the whole Rashida Jones, nothing against Tracy Morgan or like, you know, his looks or anything like that. But I don't buy that coupling for a second, if anything, because Tracy Morgan's just like a big, loud, goofy guy. Mm -hmm. And like Rashida Jones is such a mature presence. Elegant. You know, like, Mm yeah, at no point was I like. I think that's part of why I didn't care at all about whether or not she was cheating. Because, like, why exactly. are y'all together in the first place? 
But yeah. the fact that like, yeah, it's a similar why are these two people th- together thing as the yeah. other guys. Like that's not the joke. The joke between that is to flip the the norm and have you know her obsessed with him. You know, so yeah, like you're saying, it, there's so many things in in uh, the other guys that cop out had that the, the other guys does, which is sad because it has potential. Kevin Smith is a, if, if he had maybe more ability to write a joke for the script. And, and I think you probably, my guess is that you nailed it on the head with studio and, and Bruce, you know, like intercepting and, and like, we need to do it this way. And a lot of the actual creativity does not, come from uh people behind the camera or on the stage you know? yeah i did feel like a lot of a lot of choices seem to be made for the soul i'm saying this as if i've ever made a movie i mean i, I yeah i have very Same. outside perspective on how these things are done but yeah. i feel like a lot of decisions a lot of things were done because like a dumb person might not get it otherwise you know like it yeah. was all just there were jokes mm-hmm. that seemed to be explained or if they weren't is because it was very like lowbrow, which I mean, it's Kevin Smith, like, you know, Kevin mm-hmm. Smith's known for, as you called it earlier, you know, what was it? Star Wars and, and dicks and, you know, Hey, I yeah, definitely myself. Okay. Hey, I caught it yep. this time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I panicked. I panicked. <laughs> yeah. Cause I did that for quite some time earlier. Uh, yeah. But oh, yeah, see, no, gendered, I feel the same way. I hate explained jokes. So what? So, so much, you know? Being being treated like a dummy as an audience member in comedy irks me the most. Mm-hmm. I think I think there is a place for that, you know, trying to hit as many audience members as possible. Th- you know, like uh, yeah, when a, when a joke sure. might be over explained in like a Marvel movie, like I get that 100%. from like a business perspective. Yeah. But like this is a rated R comedy. I feel exactly. like exactly if you don't get the joke, you just don't get the get the joke you know like yeah move on yeah and i think pick your audience and and stick with it you know don't like you said don't make a rated r movie and then explain your i don't know yeah you don't explain your jokes like that or or make sean william scott do the copying thing you know yeah the the joke (laughs) everyone knows from that's like one of those early jokes that you you know you learn or do at like six which I know yeah. is part of the joke because it's such a juvenile thing, but like I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know. It feels like they didn't really yeah. let him do like anything. We we already talked at this point. We're just like I feel like we're, we're kicking these ground. things. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying yes. to think if. Um, oh, one thing I did want to bring up now that we've mentioned that Sean William Scott is dead and that mm-hmm. <clears throat> what the hell was with Tracy Morgan being with Rashida Jones and why was this a storyline? I did mm-hmm. notice this has nothing to do with anything, but. Uh, <laughs> After Shaw William Scott dies, right? They're like, mm-hmm. uh, Bruce is like, well, let's throw him in a dumpster or something. And Tracy Morgan's like, nah, because they like became friends or something, I guess. So he throws him mm-hmm. in the back of the car, right? And then Bruce Willis is like, all right, I'm going to go get my card and like, you know, sneak in there or whatever. I'm going to go die hard this shit for a second. And Tracy Morgan's like, whatever. And then he gets back in the car and there's a whole moment where he's like watching the rest of the nanny cam tape because he set up mm-hmm. the nanny cam. And it looks like she's definitely cheating on him, but they don't yeah. watch it far enough. So then this is the reveal that she knows that it's a nanny cam and like she's just trying to like get his, you know, goad him or whatever. And so then mm. like he figures out that she's not cheating and he's like cheering and stuff and like, oh, he's happy because, you know, she's faithful, blah, 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 blah. 
The whole time, there's just a dead body in the back seat. I did that whole sequence. That. Sean, dead Sean William Scott's just laying in the back seat the whole time he's doing that. Yeah. What the? That's like, funny. That is so uh, strange. That and the uh, the only other dumb thing I noticed in that sequence is uh, when Bruce Willis shows up for the whole third act, like at the house, he's just got a bandage on his arm. Oh yeah. And I don't know why. When did he hurt himself? I didn't go Dude, back and no check, idea. but I can't remember him. He was I just literally bandaged. just watched it a couple hours ago, and I don't remember. But I do remember the bandage. Right. I just didn't question it. <laughs> Maybe it's like a deleted scene, like some scene that they shot and then it was bad and, and now he has a bandage. That could I, honestly, yeah, that is probably what it is. But I with just, as much studio involvement pr- that probably happened, you know, they're probably like, yeah, cut that. OK, but he has a bandage in this scene now. It doesn't like, matter. I don't care. No, th- these our audience are is notice. stupid. Yeah, there's a dead <laughs> yeah. guy in the back of this car. Nobody cares. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I guess the only the last. To, to end my random things I noticed on a high note, uh, Fred Armisen, he's all, that's always a fun surprise. Uh, yes. He was in it. I mean, he didn't yes. do anything, but I saw him and I was like, oh shit, this guy. It's all, that's, I did the same thing. I was like, oh, I didn't know Fred Armisen. Yeah. That's always, I'm, I'm pro seeing him show up in anything for whatever anything. reason. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter. That's so funny. I thought the same thing. Uh, that's how I know this show is going to do well. Cause we both like Adam Brody. We're both excited to see Fred Armisen. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of these little things. I'm really excited about like. this Adam Brody, uh, connection. Cause yeah, yeah he's under, too. nobody talks about him. We need to get the Never. word out. That's if we do nothing with this show, we got to make sure people start putting some respect on Adam Brody's name. Hashtag where's Adam Brody. Hashtag where's um, Adam Brody. Yeah. So the question is cop out as bad as everyone says? Uh, I, I think you said it really well earlier that I was expecting this to be a lot worse than it was. Mm-hmm. I don't think it quite deserves because I brought it up because I, I just so happened to have heard on multiple like podcasts and like YouTube videos and stuff. It just happened to got mentioned as an example mm-hmm. of a horrible movie. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was that bad. I think I it was mostly just agree. fine. Yeah. It's, it's not the hot garbage that I think it's portrayed as, or that it's thought of as in, in the mind space of people. Um, but it is in no means good. Yeah. So like, I'm not saying you have to go watch it, but I'm going to remember some of the Tracy Morgan jokes. Like they're pretty funny. Tracy Morgan's pretty funny. And um, yeah, it's not the highlight of anyone's career who partook in that movie. Yeah. But should it be like a big red X? Yeah, maybe not. Uh, it's, you know, like, if if you're with somebody who happens to want to watch it, I'd be yeah. like, yeah, sure, you know, okay, yeah. I will it's say, fine. do not watch it after Die Hard. Yeah, that was I, a big mistake. Yeah, I don't. I think that was a poor call. Uh, I should probably <laughs> adjust the order that I watch things the next time we do this. Yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah I that purposely was... watched Cop Out first today. <laughs> yeah, it was not <sighs> coming out yep. coming off of Die Hard. This was a. It was an an annoying movie. I was more annoyed with it than anything. For sure, because where Die Hard is 
you're like the pacing is so good that it's it's a little longer i think than than cop out it's um i think closer to the two hour mark but um doesn't feel it this is 147 minutes and feels like apocalypse now yep redux you know it's like dude we're like we got 45 minutes left you know so it's one of those movies that's like I can't believe this is going on I, so long. Halfway through this, I paused it to go uh, to go make some food. And yeah. just like microwave some food. And yeah. I pulled out my iPad and started to bring pull up Netflix so I could just keep watching it. And it's, I just watched mm-hmm. YouTube videos instead. Like I just like stopped watching this for like 15 minutes to watch anything else. And then I like came <laughs> back. Like I needed like an intermission. Yeah. And it's not a long movie. It's just. No. But. It drags. You know yeah and that's not doing anything for our argument of saying it's not as bad as people say it is but (laughs) just just trust us (laughs) it's all in all if you're 19 and you've had a few drinks Mm -hmm. and your buddy pulls out a hard drive and he's like you want to watch cop out Mm -hmm. i'd say go for it yeah i'm more surprised i'm glad that we had a hot take this episode because of Die Hard being good, you know, I'm just glad that this one, I, I'm glad to say that our bad movie is good. I think that's a good first episode. Um, not good, but our bad movie is not as bad as people say. Because um, it would be pretty lame if we were like, yep, Die Hard's as good as everyone says is, and Cop Out's as bad as everyone. Yep, yep good. We okay, so like, what are we doing? <laughs> turns out the rumors uh, are all true. You should just yeah. just check Rotten Tomatoes, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad to scrub this off of like a Kevin Smith, you know, down note. Cause I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad mark on Kevin Smith. I think it's like, it's fine. Right. Like we said, and I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. So I'm glad to see he doesn't have this, like, what, what did you do this pile of trash? You know, it's definitely not that Mm -hmm. I do think, cause I'm pretty sure this is one of the only movies that he doesn't also write. And I do think if it yeah. did anything good, it kind of seems like it's nipped that in the like he was mm-hmm. like, okay, no, no, no I'm just gonna make my movies from now on. And I think that was a really good yeah. call. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. I love that that notion. Yeah. That's a great notion to end on. In that sense, I would say uh I'm glad that cop out. I'm glad it's a movie. You know what? I'm gonna go that far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it puts some money in Adam Adam Brody's bank. And that's Dude, that's what really there matters. you go. Yeah. There you fucking go. <laughs> I love that. Hashtag where's Adam Brony? Hashtag. Let's get it. Let's get it trending, people. 37 to make 37 million to make that movie. That's crazy. In 2010 money, out? that's like 100 million. Yeah. That's all like 20 mil of that is Bruce Willis's paycheck for sure. Oh, yeah. That's not that is. So, yeah, that was a that was that was objectively a flop. They lost. Money. Um, to answer Diggle's question, Bruce did actually recently announce that he has some kind of degenerative brain disease um and he has quit acting for good you know cuz he's been pumping out these like straight to dvd kind of shitty movies that red letter media has been dunking on for mm-hmm. like, the last couple of years so i really didn't want this and i don't think we did i didn't want this to be a bruce willis shit fest because I do love Bruce Willis and he has officially quit acting and uh, that's yeah. sad because he like, he's a good guy. He struggles like, uh, like speaking and stuff, doesn't he? Like in that exactly like a big part mm-hmm. of what it, yeah. And it is a bummer 
Because I know, for, I feel like for a while he was like an easy punching bag because there was the big, mm-hmm. there was that that seemingly uh, accepted rumor that uh, he had like clauses in his contracts these days where it was like, mm-hmm. I'm only going to work for like three days tops and I need at least a million bucks a day. And everybody was like, mm-hmm. oh, look at this asshole. But like now, like it seems like most of it was like, you know, he's just like banking stuff away for his family and stuff and like. That's right. I think as much as Kevin Smith hates the guy, I don't I have no reason to think he's he's uh he's too big of a big dick. Yeah. So I do I, don't I, think so. I you know, you hate to to see it. And I now want to go back and watch all the the diehards. You and, should. And I need I, to see I will too. I also need to see uh Fifth Element again. Somebody uh, I think Unrelento brought that up like a long time ago. And oh, I haven't seen that. Love that movie. That's another movie I think I've only seen on cable. Because I think my grandmother liked it. And so anytime it came on like TBS or something when we were at her house, she would just have it on. Yeah. Hell yeah. But, Same here. I might be your grandma. Yeah. You could. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the beard's new, but, you know, you I guess it has been a while. Yeah. Um, um, Fifth Element is so good. I've seen that. I've seen, I probably watched Fifth Element twice a year. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be ooh, honest. Like, I'm okay. not going to lie. Um, I watch Fifth Element a lot, and that director is not great. Like he did Leon the Professional, That's, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and then Fifth Element, and everything else has been not great. Yeah, because his but his most still... recent one was the the one with the that that guy who looks villainous just in real life. Yeah, dude, his and name's like is, Luke. It's not Jupiter Luke or something, but Basan, I think his name is. Uh, yeah, I think. That sounds right. Uh, Valerian and the city of fucking thousand planets. Yeah. Oh, that movie sucked. And that's, yeah, I've heard nothing but terrible things about that. Anyways, <laughs> Fifth Element's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess that's our biggest takeaway here on uh, on the Bruce Willis yeah. Bruce Willis episode is, you know, Bruce Willis? Not so bad. He's not so bad. He's not so bad. And even bad Bruce Willis isn't. Well, I don't know. Bad Bruce Willis probably is still. Oh, my God. I just realized. I've gone this whole time. Sorry. One second. This is such a frustrating thing. (laughs) Oh. I set up lights. Oh, Oh my gosh. I've just been sitting here with a stupid lamp on this whole time. Like, this doesn't look that much better, but Jesus, it is better than what it has been. Oh, that's so disappointing. We've been doing this for two hours. First episode. Baby. Oh my god. First episode blues. Oh well. Uh it's okay. <laughs> so yeah, sorry to derail us there. Yeah, so that's uh Hey, thanks for the plug. That's Bruce Willis. Derailed. Yeah. Bruce Willis is great. Not a bad guy. Uh and to sum it up, Die Hard is as good as everyone says. You should go watch it. And cop out is not as bad as everyone says. So don't don't i don't know even know what yeah, to, I, to say about it maybe don't watch it but like don't just uh don't just assume it's ter- terrible i guess that's yeah take our word for it the the, the real takeaway is to do your own research okay exactly. don't just believe what people say because there are some redeeming qualities to cop out don't be go. a sheep don't be a sheep Dude, that was so uh, much fun. So yeah, so what I guess uh so yeah, I'll do I feel like I well let me get rid of let me get rid of cop out. So yeah, that mm-hmm. was that was uh cinema scoped. 
I guess for the for the polished bit, I should say uh, thank you to everybody who anybody who's watching this, who's listening mm-hmm. to it. Uh, this is gonna be is gonna be trimmed up into a, a video. We're gonna be slapping over on the GCA Films YouTube page. Um, oh, yes. I'm thinking we we might do audio form. Probably, I don't know how to. If you want it, let's say ask for it. Yeah, maybe. If you would like to, if you think people would listen to this, that'd be cool. Uh, special thank you to uh, the people here in the chat as we're doing this live because we do we do stream these live. Uh, if you're watching this at home and you're like, I wonder how they recorded that. We do it live, okay? Uh, in fact, wow. I think I can say now next the next episode will be uh, stream live over on your channel, right? Yeah, let's do it. So next episode, uh, which we'll announce everywhere. So get in the discords, follow us on Twitter, wherever you want to. Check, we'll check po- out we'll all put the it links. Everywhere. And... Um, yeah, check out all those links. Um, but yeah, the next episode when it airs will be on twitch.tv slash derailed games. And uh, we'll announce what movies we're going to talk about and what the theme is and all that. So yeah, so if you uh, if you like this and you want to you want to be part of the conversation uh, next time, definitely Definitely keep an eye on those announcements, watch the movies, and then uh, get over there on the Derailed Games. And yeah, and this will be, you know, for uh, for Bruce Willis. Uh, I've been Tyler. I've been Aaron. And uh, and we'll 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 close <laughs> close us out on one of your famous famous catchphrases, Aaron. Snack them till they crack them. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, until next month. Then it'll like probably do that waste our time something. Yeah, so that's that video. Uh, but yeah, this was a lot of fun. Uh, did, did this seem cool?